Hello and welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast, where we desire to see a world transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ. If you have a story to share about how God is working in your life, you can send a message to info at mycrossroads.co. Now, let's get our hearts and minds ready for a powerful message from God's Word. I want to uh, welcome those who are watching online around the country and around the world. For those of you who don't know, we have more people watching online than we do even then in the house every uh, every week. And we welcome you, but uh, especially even welcome those who are uh, are, are in the house to, today. We have a taste of Crossroads Luncheon uh, right after this service. For those of you that don't know what that is, it's a great chance for you to get to know me a little bit better and me to get to know you a little bit better uh, and, and for you to get to know what the church is about, kind of the vision and hope of the church. And what we'll, uh, what we'll do, meet there. You have a free, free lunch as, uh, as well. So you may have been coming. This may be your first week. You may have just come with somebody else. Uh, you may be coming for years, but you just want to take that next step of going, I just want to check this out and see what it's about. So we invite you to come. You don't have to sign up ahead of time. Uh, just, just come on, and I uh, can't wait for you to be a part of that. I just want to say thank God for, for you and what you do every week as you give for things like, uh, like uh, Lucy's uh, ministry. I mean, it's incredible. You have no idea the impact you're having around the world and around our, our country, around our, our region. It's impacting so many lives. There are people who are being fed because you give. There are people who have never heard the name of Jesus, and they're hearing the name of Jesus. There are people who are raised in the faith. And even to me, uh, it seems like the, the, the part of the, the heart of God the most are our children who are orphaned, children who are, uh, are hurting, who have no place, no food and everything. And you're making a part of that, and you're making a difference in that. And I celebrate what God is doing uh, in you and through you. For those that don't know, uh, 10% of everything that you give goes immediately to missions. We end up giving away more than that uh, every year, but at least 10% is making a difference even uh, around the world. We tithe as a, as a church, want you to know that. You know, we are in a series uh, called Occupy, and it's talking about, really, we're focusing on two different generations. One generation that God intended for them to be in the promised land, but they never made it to the promised land because of unbelief and, and because of, uh, of doubt and because of fear. And then there's a, another group that we're going to take a look at and, and transition in today, and that's the, the group that made it into the, the promised land. And we've said this, that God, just like God had a promised land for them, an inheritance for them to go into, God has an inheritance for you. God has a promised land for you that, that he wants you to go into. And my passion in my own life is for me to get everything that Jesus died for, that, uh, that to, to go into my inheritance that God has and not miss anything that God has for me or for my family. And my passion for you as your pastor is that you, you get everything that Jesus paid for that you receive your inheritance, that you walk in that inheritance, that you know you have an inheritance, that you know what your inheritance is, and you walk in that and you live that out. And you're like the, and we talked about there were 10 spies, 12 spies that went out. 10 spies didn't believe they could get into the promised land, and two spies believed that they, they did. And before we go into the next transition of, of actually the people that go into the promised land, I just want to take a look at one or two things about and close out the chapter of those who didn't make it into the promised land and see, uh, see this. First of all, I want to show you the, the commandment that God gave to Moses as he sent those spies out. And I want you to see the simplicity of that command, how simple this is, how just straight to the point it is. And it says this, the Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites from each ancestral tribe to send one of its leaders. Is that pretty 
easy. You know, is that pretty simple? Is that pretty to the point? If you were Moses, would you have any difficulty with that whatsoever? I remember as kids, we would go and a, a bunch of guys would say, hey, let's explore that cave. Hey, let's explore this. Simple. All it does, there wasn't a bunch of, of planning out. There wasn't a bunch of things we were supposed to do. We were just going there to explore the land. That was, God is a simple God. You know that? I mean, he's incredible. He's amazing. But, but Jesus said, all right, all of life can be boiled down to trusting in him with all your heart, loving God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Boom. It's good. Right there. I mean, he said, that's simplicity. We complicate things. We're the ones that complicate everything. And I want you to notice how Moses just complicated. He's about to complicate the simple command that God gave. I mean, God just said, all right, go explore the land. Send one person from every tribe. Explore the land. Watch how he complicates things. Go up through the Negev and on into the hill country. See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they walled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there uh, trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. How complicated can you get things? I mean, now all of a sudden, no wonder they got their mind and their eyes and everything on everything else because that's what Moses had them, had them do. And don't we do the same thing? I mean, think of it. God said this. He said, here's, here's all of life. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. And he's saying, all right, here it is. It's simple. Seek God with everything. Every day you wake up, seek God first, and all these other things that you worry about will be taken care of. And we have a different thing. We focus on everything else, all the other problems, and then we wonder why we never make it to our promised land. We never in, in the inheritance because we got our focus on the wrong thing. But don't we do that too? Don't we complicate things? I mean, let's, can we be real? This is church, right? We can be real. And I just want to take a look at maybe two things that we complicate things. I mean, the Bible says this. One of the Ten Commandments is to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. I mean, another way to say that is make church a priority. We could do that. And, and that's a simple command. Watch how we complicate things. We ask the question, we go, okay, well, what's the weather like? What's the, who's, who's preaching? Is it Lowell or is it somebody actually good? You know, is it... Is it, you know, how, uh, what's, are the kids, did the kids get enough sleep? Are they in a cranky mood? Did we have an argument on the way to church? Do we do, all, you know, what it is. We complicate things and we talk ourselves out a lot of times of a, you know, of, of what we're supposed to do, of a simple commandment of God. And notice we don't do that with anything else. We don't do that with work. We don't ask those questions when it's going to work. We don't ask those questions about sending our kids to school either, do we? Why do we do it in the very area that we're commanded to do it in? How about just something that we, you know, about uh, the people that joined the church? They were asked to, to pledge with their pra prayers, their presence, their gifts, and their service. How about tithing? I mean, tithing is a biblical principle. It is, you know, through, throughout, I could go into chapter and verse time and time again, that we're supposed to give our first 10% to, to God of what we earn. And it's not because God wants to rip you off or take something from you. It's because anytime God asks something from us, it's because he wants to give us something. He wants us to take a step of faith so we can be in a blessing zone. It's so we can take a step of faith so we can make a difference in, the, in this world. But anytime God asks us to do something or give something to him, it's because he wants to give a whole lot more back to us. But a lot of times it takes us to take that first step of faith. 
But here's the thing. So we talk ourselves, we talk ourselves out of it and say, all right, well, what's the economy like? What's our what's the budget like this this month? What's the, you know, can I still buy those shoes? Can we still go on the vacation? Can we still and we talk our, ourselves out of a commandment of God? And we that's just two examples of so many things. When it's a simple command of God, we, we need to, to to go for and obey that simple command. Now here's the result, okay? Here's the result of those ten guys. What happened to them because of their negativity, because of their negative mindset because of their fa- their fear because of all the things focusing on everything else look at what happened in their in their life as we close this chapter the first thing is they never entered the promised land those 10 guys who said you know what we can't enter the promised land there's too many obstacles even god can't take care of it well they never entered the promised land they never walked again a second time into the promised land the 10 guys that said you know what we're going to die in the in the desert guess what happened they died in the desert but it, because you know what happens? We usually see in life what we believe is going to happen and what we declare is going to happen. There is power in what we're thinking. There is power in what, what comes out of our, our mouth. A second thing is, is this, that the, their negativity infected and affected an entire generation. I mean, not only were they affected, but they, the, everybody else believed and, and they swallowed that lack of faith. They swallowed that fear. And watch what God said to them. These are pretty strong words. He said, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, How long will this wicked community grumble against me? I've heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. So tell them, as surely as the Lord lives, declares the Lord, I will do the very things I heard you say. Don't miss that. Wow. In the desert, your bodies will fail. Isn't that weird? So the very people that declared, that believed and declared they wouldn't make it into the land, they didn't make it in the land. The very people that declared and believed they would make it to the land, they made it to the land. As surely uh, your bodies, uh, I heard you say, in this desert, your bodies will fall. Every one of you, 20 years or more, who was con- uh, counted in the census and who has grumbled against me, not one of you will enter the land I swore with uplifted hand to make your home, except Caleb and Joshua, the son of Nun. As for your children that you said would be taken as plunder, I will bring them in to enjoy the land you rejected. But you, your bodies will fall in the, in the desert. All the people who grumbled against the Lord, they ended up exactly the way they said would happen. They said they're going to die in the desert. They died in the desert. But listen to this. Not only did the ten spies not make it, not only did they infect a whole, a whole generation, they, kept the next genera- they had the next generation face some problems as well. Their children had to do laps in the wilderness for 40 years because of their disobedience, because of their lack of faith. Listen to this. Your children will be the shepherd, shepherds for, here for 40 years, suff- oh, man, suffering for years your unfaithfulness until the last of your bodies lies in the desert. What, what we do, how we believe, how we act, how our obedience, our faith has an, ha, can affect our next generation. What we say, what we do can affect the next generation, it, positive or negative. Notice this, moms and dads too, that, that are, when they see faith in our life, when they see faith coming out of our mouth, when they see us living in obedience, it's going to have a positive effect. And we can, we can absolutely shape the next generation by how we do, how we do that. But we can either harm our children or, or bless our children based on what they see, the faith they see, the obedience, the passion they see for us with, uh, with God. And listen to this, the God killed the, the negative spies. So the men Moses had sent to explore the land who returned and made the whole community grumble against him by spreading a bad report about it. These men are responsible, wow, that's a word, responsible for spreading the bad report about the land were struck down and died of a plague before the Lord. 
Are we getting a glimpse of how seriously God takes faithfulness or faithlessness or, or, or that? And, you know, there, there's, God sometimes will do that in the, Old, in the Old Testament stuff, but it's always when people are in absolute total rebellion against God and his, uh, and his ways. And it doesn't blow me away that God would do this. What blows me away is the patience God has with me, the, God, the patience God has. And, uh, and I don't know about you, but I would have probably done that long before he did, he did that. Uh, so, but it, now let's transition, okay? We just talked a look. That's the people that didn't make it in. Now, this week and next week, we're going to take a look and celebrate, okay, how did they make it in? What were the qualities about the people that made it in to the, to the promised land? And instead, now we go from the book of Numbers to the book of Joshua, and we start out the very words of the first words of the book of Joshua. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, uh, Moses is aid. Moses, my servant, is dead. Wow. Well, that's kind of just straight in your face, isn't it? He's saying, Moses, all right, God says to him, Moses is dead. That's not something you'll see in a Hallmark card, is it? You're not going to see, now that, you know, now that your, your leader is, is buried in the ground, land, ground it's not, now time for you to, to grab the land or something. You know, you're not going to see that in a Hallmark card. So here's what's going to happen. He says this. He says, uh, now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to, to give them. I mean, think of this. For 40 years, they've been waiting for this moment right here. They're standing at the verge of the promised land. Can you imagine the excitement? Can you imagine just the nervousness, the joy, the everything that they're about to do? They are about to cross the Jordan River, and we're going to take a look at that next week. Don't miss that. And, uh, and, and here's the thing, too, is God now gives Mo, uh, Joshua a pep talk. You ever had a pep talk? You ever had maybe a parent give you a pep talk or a coach give you a pep talk or a, a youth pastor or somebody give you a pep talk? I mean, sit you down. God is now sitting down, Joshua, and going to give him a pep talk. And, and know this, too. Know that he's not just giving him a pep talk. He's giving you and I a pep talk right now as well. This isn't just the word of God for him. This is the word of God for us as well. Some of the situations may be different, but the same words apply for you and me. And we're going to take a look at three things he's about to say that he's going to give, uh, give Joshua here that we can apply to our own life. And here it is. He says, No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the laws my, Mo my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night, being careful, very careful to obey everything commanded in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I want you to, you know, why did he have to give him a pep talk? Because he knew that Joshua was going to go face some tough times. He was going to face some things. Joshua knew that there were going to be some giants in line because he'd been there. Giants, uh, Joshua knew that there were going to be some, some fortified cities and some strong cities and things like that. He knew that because he saw that. And, and God knew that it was going to be tough for him. And he knew that he was going to be a pep talk in order for that. He also had about 2 million good reasons to be intimidated, okay? 
because not only did he need to go into the promised land, but he was going to lead two million Hebrews into the promised land as well. Imagine that responsibility. Now, you may not have that responsibility, but I bet sometimes, some days, you can think of about two million reasons why you can be intimidated too, why you can feel overwhelmed as, uh, as well. And here's the other thing too. You know, God gave me that verse about, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He gave me, uh, he gave me that verse right before before I started ministry. I can tell you exactly where I was and exactly what I was doing at that time. God has, in times in my life, given me verses that would be life verses for that moment because he knew that I would face some intimidating people, intimidating situations, intimidating times as a pastor. But I want you to know that God gives you those exact same words. Three times, uh, four times in those verses, God says, be strong and courageous. And that's the first thing we need to do. We need to have faith and strength and courage. Because you know what? Life is tough. And we're going to face battles just like they faced battles. We're going to face intimidating situations just like he, he did. And no, may, make no mistake of this. There's going to be an enemy that attacks us and, and just like it attacked them. Because, because there is a, a, a Satan, there really is a devil that does not want you to enter your promised land. Just like God has wonderful plans for your life, there is a devil that, wants, that has horrible plans for your life. And, he wants, and he's going to do everything he can to attack you and keep you away from doing that. So we need to be strong and courageous as well. And whatever your intimidating situation as well, understand this, and this is the second thing. God doesn't just say, don't be, a, don't be afraid, be strong and courageous. He gives us a reason why we don't have to be, and that's the second thing. And that's, uh, and that's remember that God is is with you. I mean, look at that. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He also said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or for, uh, for, forsake you. And, and think of it. God says that to us in the New Testament as well. God, Jesus said, surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Another translation says this, make no mistake, I will always be with you forever. Uh, something else the Bible says in Hebrews it says never will I leave you never will I forsake you so we can say with confidence the Lord is my shepherd uh, and I do not need to be afraid what can a mere person do to, do to me God promises you that he will be with you just like he promised uh, Joshua that he would be with him and let me ask you this question what difference would it make in your life if you truly truly believe that if you truly believe that God was with you every day of your life how different would it be when you face that intimidating thing at work, when you have to do that presentation, when you have to do that whatever it is, when you face opposition wherever you go? What difference would it make if you absolutely believed with all your heart that God was with you wherever you went? God's inside you working, working that out. What difference would it make at school if you really believed that God was with you, everything that you face? What difference would it be in your family if, if, if everyone really believed that God was with them in that family? What difference would it make in your marriage if you truly believed that God was with you? What would, difference would it mean every day of your life if you woke up and you absolutely believed you the heart, no matter what you faced that day, that God was with you? So the first thing we need to do is we need to be strong and courageous. The second thing we need to do is never, ever forget that God is with, uh, with us wherever we, wherever we go. And the third thing is, is this, be a person of the, of the word. Remember what God said, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night, being careful to do everything that's commanded in it, then you will be prosperous and then you'll be successful. And here I ask you a question. How are you going to determine what's right and wrong in your life? I mean, because think about it. There are so many voices telling you what's wrong and right. I don't know if there's ever been a generation that there's been more th voices 
saying that. How are you going to determine what is right and wrong? How are you going to determine what you're going to do? How are you going to live? Where are you going to go? What direction you're going to go in your life? How are you going to determine that? Is it just going to be by what media says, what social media says, what people says, what our culture says? Is it going to be by magic eight ball? Is it going to be by reading your horoscope? Is it going to be a flip of the coin? How are you going to determine what is right, what truly is right, and what is wrong, and not just go from, you know, from shifting sand here and there and, every, and everywhere? You know, there's a great story about a, a, a man who, who was teaching his son how to farm. And he said, he got him up to, a, to, to the field, and he said, here's how you plow a field, son. He said, you look at something on the other side, and you play, plow straight towards that. It's really, really important that you keep your line straight. The son said, I got it. So the dad came back, and there, wasn't a, there was not a straight line in the whole field. Everything was zigging. Everything was zagging, going everywhere. And he said, son, I thought I told you to, to look at something on the other side of the field and go straight towards it. And he said, dad, I did that. But the rabbit kept hopping. And, you know, think about it. Our emotions, they are always up and down, aren't they? They're everywhere. Can we count on those to determine what they are? Think about how culture changes all the time. Can we count on that? You know, I was looking last night at 20 words that were just new words that were placed in the, in the dictionary 10 years ago, and they're obsolete today, you know? Isn't that wild? That just changed, changed. Isn't it, isn't it important to put our faith and our hope in something that never will change. The Bible says this, the, 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 the flowers of the field f- uh, fail, but the word of God uh, endures for, forever. So here's the thing, too. Not only does, it, does God help us find our, our way, but it helps us grow as, be- as believers. And think of this. Greg Hawkins and Callie Perkins wrote a book called Move. And in this, they interviewed over a thousand, several thousand Christians at over a thousand churches. And here's the question they wanted to know. What is the difference between these people that don't make it into the promised land, basically, and those who do? What is the difference between these Christians who are living their faith out and making a difference in the world and actually, and actually impacting the world and walking close with God and those people that aren't? Because both of them made a decision for Jesus Christ. Both of these. What is the difference between this group and this group, because I don't know about you, I want to know what that difference is. Here's what they found out. They said, nothing has greater impact on spiritual growth than reflection on scripture. If churches could do one thing to help people at all levels of spiritual maturity grow in their relationship with Christ, their choice is clear. They would inspire, encourage, and equip their people to read the word of God. And uh, in other words, we grow in, the, in Christ the most when we read and we trust or uh, the, the Bible. You know, the word there for meditation, it said meditate on the word day and night. And we probably, in our Western mindset, we have a weird thought of what meditation is. It's probably somebody in a lotus position, you know, kind of doing the own thing and that. That's not what the word is meaning here. The word meditates, really the, the picture is a, a cow chewing its cud. That we, that we think about the word, that we let it dwell in us, that we let it, let it get into our heart, get into our mind, get into our, our, our soul, that we don't just read the word, but we let, it, let the word get into to us. And I want you to think about that. The Bible's saying that not only we read the word, but we trust the word. Don't miss that. Because how can, you lo- how can you know whether the Bible is trustworthy? How do you know whether you can really put your, put your life in it, put your faith in it and everything? It's just like this stool. The only way for me to do that, and people can tell me the stool is there and it's going to hold me up and everything, but the only way I can truly determine that is if I, if I put my faith in it uh, and, and rest in that. And God's wanting you to put your faith and put your trust. Check, check it out. See if it's not. See if his promises are not true. You take a step on that. You know, this thing can fall apart, couldn't it? But God's word will never fall apart. Trust it. Put your faith in that, uh, in that word. But also obey it. 
I mean, remember, he said, being careful to do everything I've commanded you. We can't just read the Bible and go, and go off our own way. We're not going to find what God wants for us if we, if we do that. It's when we trust the Word of God and obey the Word of God, that's when it becomes alive to, uh, to us. And I want you to think about this. If the person who did whatever you love to do did it the, the, the person who does it the best, whatever that is, maybe it's a, uh, a, a teacher, the best teacher that you know of, and they were going to sit you down and say, this is how you can be successful as a teacher. Maybe a doctor and say, this is how you can be that. Maybe it's a, a musician. Maybe it's an athlete. Maybe it's whatever it is. And the very best, whatever you can think of, the best person, salesman in that area, and they would sit down and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do everything I can to make you prosperous and successful as that. Would you listen to what they say? Well, think of this. The, the God Almighty who created you, who created everything, he's the one that says twice in his word, he says, I'm going to tell you how you can be prosperous and successful. And here's what he says in both things. It's, it's to be put, put your faith and your trust and know the word of God. We just read one of them. The other one is Psalms 1 that, that, that says this. Blessed is the person who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit at the seat of scoffers. But their, but their delight is in the law of the Lord. And on that law, they meditate day and night. And you know what they are? They're like a tree planted by streams of water. And their fruits will come in, the, in season. And their leaves never wither. And whatever they do, they prosper. You want to prosper? You want to be a success? And I'm not talking, you know, our first thought of prosperity a lot of times is financial and things like that. And it may include that. I don't know anything. I'll tell you what prosperity to me is. It's prosperity of soul, prosperity of heart, prosperity of characters, prosperity of, uh, of life, that life becomes alive, that the favor of God, the hand of God, the blessing of God, I'd rather have that any day than, than the, the other things. And listen to this actual word, what it means to prosper in the, uh, uh, straight from the Hebrew. It means to push forward, to break out of to go over, to be profitable, to be victorious. Let me ask you this question. Are you ready to push forward? Are you ready to break out in some areas? Are you ready to go over? Are you ready to prosper, be profitable? Are you ready to find some victory in some areas you've never found some victory before? How about this? Are you ready to see fruit produced from your life? Are you ready to, to make your, your leaves be green no matter what the season of, uh, of life is, that you're always going to be growing, that you're always going to be prospering in that way? If so, here's the way we do it. We get into the Word of God. We know the Word of God. We trust the Word of God, and we obey the Word of God. If you've never done that before, I encourage you, just start, maybe start out with the New Testament and even read, if you read two chapters a day, you'll go through the New Testament in, in, uh, in one year, just two chapters a day. That's about the same time that it would take to listen to one group of, of commercials on TV. Maybe we could give God that amount. And one thing you may find, and don't just, again, read it just to check off list. Pray, God, teach me something. Let me know what you're, what you're about. There's a book that we had called The, uh, the, the Story, and it's the Bible in, uh, in narrative form. It's, it's in chronological order, and it makes it an easy way to understand. Find a translation you understand. If you're in the Word of God, I applaud you. If you're in it and you're saying, you know what, it's hit and miss, I challenge you to go deeper. If you've never been in the Word of God, I challenge you to take that thing because God says, you do that, you put it in there, you're going to be prosperous and successful in everything that you do in life. So here's the three things that we do. First, we're strong and courageous. 
We, we, we take a courageous stance for things we're supposed to take a stand for. We're courage. We, instead of being their faith, there's courage. The second thing is we remember that God is with us wherever we go. And the third thing is that we be people of the Word of God. Amen? Thank you so much for listening to the Crossroads Church Podcast. If you would like to listen to past Crossroads Church Podcast, you can go to mycrossroads.co slash podcast. Once again, thanks for listening.